This message comes from NPR sponsor, Lisa. When you buy a Lisa mattress, you're not the only one getting a better night's rest. Lisa donates thousands of mattresses each year to shelters and those in need. Learn more about Lisa at leesa.com. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce. And today, a conversation with someone I've been watching on screen for over two decades. The one and only Tracy Ellis Ross. So you are so many people's internet friend in their head. So many of us have grown up with you. You're an icon for so many in that way. That's so nerve wracking. What's nerve wracking about it? You just said the word icon. It was so funny. I don't know if you noticed, but the other day I posted for my mom's birthday, the Essence cover, my first Essence cover. And it was with my mom. It was in 2004. That's almost 20 years ago. And on the picture, it says the icon and the ingenue. I consider my mom an icon. So it feels funny to hear somebody say that. Tracy's mom, of course, is Motown superstar Diana Ross. But despite her pedigree, Tracy is still so down to earth. I first encountered her on the groundbreaking sitcom Girlfriends, which premiered in 2000. Her character, Joan Clayton, represented the kind of woman I wanted to be. Successful and stylish, yet funny and fun to be around. Okay, ladies, take note. This is where I turn and he pops a wheelie because I remind him that all of this booty could have been his. But as I've grown from girl to woman, I mean, I'm now Joan's age. So did Tracy. She went from playing the premier Black Bachelorette to playing America's mom as Bo Johnson on Blackish. Honey, I just want to make sure you know that there's nothing wrong with your skin. You're so strong and so handsome. And okay, the podcast said do not focus on beauty or he is going to become an egomaniac. I got this. These days, Tracy's looking beyond her on-screen roles. She's turned her focus toward uplifting the stories of real people on her Hulu documentary, Hair Tales, and with her new podcast, I Am America. I have a real curiosity in the internal journey of people. I love listening and asking questions in that sense around who people are and like, where did that come from? I caught up with Tracy to chat about her long and dare I say iconic career and what it means to have rich auntie energy. Stay with us. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Lisa. When you buy a Lisa mattress, you're not the only one getting a better night's rest. Lisa donates thousands of mattresses each year to shelters and those in need. Learn more about Lisa at leesa.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, an automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares Betterment's philosophy on investing. No matter the amount of money you have, it's always good to be invested. It's always good to start early. It's always good to save. And the power of being consistent in your habits 
is really the path to long-term wealth. Get started at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. The day's top headlines, local stories from your community, your next podcast binge listen. You can have it all in one place, your pocket. Download the NPR app today. Tracy Ellis Ross, welcome to It's Been a Minute. I am so happy to be here. Hi, Brittany. We are so glad to have you. So, Tracy, I want to start off by talking about your acting career, since that's how so many of us have gotten to know you over the years. Yeah. Between Girlfriends and Blackish, you starred in two long running sitcoms. 16 which years is of my life, Brittany. 16 years of your life. I mean, and that's a kind of gold that many actresses don't even get to strike once, let alone twice. And on top of that, Joan from Girlfriends and Bo from Blackish, they both require very different performances. Sometimes Joan was really slapstick. You know, sometimes Joan was like really going for it and Five, being so six, big. Seven, eight, kickball change, kickball change, shimmy, shimmy, cocoa, shimmy, shimmy. With Blackish, it was like single camera sitcom. The humor was a little bit drier. It's like sometimes there's eight jokes in 30 seconds you know, that are happening on screen. Why do I want a gun for protection? Oh, and you don't feel safe enough with all the ridiculous weapons you have stashed around this house? Under-counter switchblade? Shower machete? Blender nunchucks? Why? In case you get attacked while making a milkshake? That's where you're most vulnerable. Oh, my God. I wonder, first, how did you learn to be so big in your performances? <laughs> That's hilarious to me because I didn't. I'm big. (laughs) I didn't need to learn how to be big. I think, honestly, both vehicles for me were just a part of me that I let move forward and run the show and sort of lead the pack of how many identities I have within me. And that's one of the prayers I say at the beginning of, of the project. May the part of me known as come forward. So for Joan... It's funny because when you first said, you know, they were so different, I was like, were they? They didn't feel so different to me. They felt exactly the same. I mean, I've played roles that feel very different. Bo felt like the grown-up version of Joan Carol Clayton, the woman who actually got the partner and had the kids. And Joan was a lot more frightened. She had a lot more anxiety, a lot less faith. And Bo Johnson is, you know, she is a lot closer to me in a sense of a sense of trust around the love she has and what mm. she has to offer there was a lean back quality to Bo that was really fun to play and like magical in terms of the dance partner of Anthony Anthony Anderson who plays Dre on Blackish mm-hmm. I want to talk about one of your other famous scene partners Jill Marie Jones. I mean, you know, going back to Girlfriends, oh Girlfriends was a game-changing show in so many ways. And it, it, it and I think we all can agree that it was a huge influence on another game-changing show, HBO's Insecure. Insecure. Oh, and you, by the way, a little tidbit of information, Prentice Penny was a writer on Girlfriends. Wow. Regina. Wow. Yeah, all, they were all on Girlfriends. So the DNA is really there. The DNA is really, really there. But I, I see it so clearly in the relationship between, you know, Joan Carroll Clayton and her best friend, Tony Childs, as played by Jill Marie Jones, the pair's tumultuous but loving dynamic 
was like the emotional center of the show. Men came and men went, but their friendship was the thing that was forever. Agreed. How do you feel about Joan and Tony's legacy as what we've been calling on our team the prototypical messy best friends? Joan and Tony, I just, sometimes they were like really mean to each other. Like I just really didn't understand that. It was something that actually Jill, Gold, and Persia and I, we constantly were like, who are these friends? Like who does this to each other? Like I've never heard of this. You know, um, it was something back then that we pushed up against at times. Like that's really mean. I'm tired of being your whipping dog. I'm tired of explaining to people what's good about you when I'm not even sure myself. I'll tell you a funny, I just had a memory of <laughs> Jilly Bean. So Jill and I both are very physical in like, I'm one of those people, if I go to the movies with you, like I will push up against you with my arm when something's funny. Like I'll just like shove you like this. Anyway, Jill, she like hits you, but it got to the point, I kid you not, I did not even notice this. I think Jill pointed it out. I flinch. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a funny thing to look back and see, but there's times towards the later seasons where like Tony comes at Joan, you know, and does like something. And I'm like, oh, like, oh, God, because <laughs> she had a heavy hand, as grandma used to say, Jill had a heavy hand. <laughs> it's Jilly Bean. I remember that's such a funny scene. I was also just thinking about when I find out that she's actually a year older than me and she's been lying the whole time and I scooch across that dining table. Such a funny scene. That was a really fun day when we shot that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the amount of fun that you all are having, I can only imagine. But it definitely, definitely came through for me as a viewer. You even have said just now that Bo is kind of a more grown up Joan, like Joan down the line a bit. It's sort of like Bo got all the things Joan wanted. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, Joan was kind of the iconic like black successful bachelorette and Bo is like the iconic like black TV mom of the 2010s. Uh, how does it feel to have represented two different but still kind of related aspects of black womanhood? Makes me want to cry. <laughs> it really does make me want to cry. I feel very honored to have had the opportunity to represent black women and I've taken it with a lot of responsibility the way I fight in on set and speak up and say, no, I won't, or this has to change. I mean, no one will know that journey, but those that have been intimately near me, but I fight for black women. <laughs> Every barrier that I fight through means that the next generation doesn't even have to take on that battle. And that hopefully they don't even know it was a battle. And it's really important to me that we, particularly in the canon of television, that we are able to be seen with the humanity and the power and the beauty and the all of it, but really the humanity, that we can be all the things. You know, I mean, in playing these characters, your performances, I imagine, have moved a lot of viewers over the years. I mean, millions of people saw these roles as like a conduit to exploring, you know, maybe their relationships to motherhood or to being single in their own lives. Are there any reflections over the years that you've 
heard or received from fans of your work that sort of speak to that? All the time. People would say, you know, my 13, 14 year old will not do anything with me, but we watch Blackish together. I get that 20 some odd minutes, and then we usually get to talk a little bit after. And that like really moved me. And then I think on Girlfriends, I really like it when people say, You were wearing Louboutin shoes before anybody else. <laughs> My priorities are right in line. <laughs> that that really means something to me. <laughs> Coming up, I talk with Tracy about her new podcast, I Am America, and why she's excited about getting older. Stick around. This message comes from NPR sponsor Xfinity. Everything's changing so fast these days. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. The next generation Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Support for NPR and the following message come from our sponsor, Whole Foods Market. Taste the Mediterranean through March 19th with savings on animal welfare certified bone-in beef short ribs, sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon, and more regionally inspired selections. Find sales on robust handcrafted Parmigiano-Reggiano, charcuterie, and ground lamb. Plus, visit the bakery and grab a delicious olive bull bread. Taste the Mediterranean at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from NPR sponsor ServiceNow. Everyone's talking about AI, but where do you start? How can it actually help your business? The ServiceNow platform brings intelligence into every corner of your company. So every person, every system, every process, everything works better. Put AI to work. Go to servicenow.com slash genai to see how. This message comes from EarthX. The EarthX 2024 Environmental and Sustainability Congress of Conferences is happening in April and brings together all sides with one important mission, protect the planet. Go to earthx.org to register. This message comes from NPR sponsor Takeda Pharmaceuticals. Guided by a commitment to patients, its people, and the planet, Takeda is steadfast in its purpose to deliver better health and a brighter future for everyone. Learn more at Takeda.com. So I want to take a turn to your podcast, I Am America. On that show, you talk to some incredible Black women. And in a lot of your work, your image is associated often with Black womanhood. But through this podcast, you've also focused in on Black men and their wellness, too. They go so deep on this show on the intersection of Black men and feminism, why was it a priority for you to include those sorts of stories about Black men in this project? This was really about the humanity of being a person of color in this country. To a certain extent, gender is a limiting and ancient construct that doesn't quite match the beauty of humanity. It kind of sounds like your aim with the show was to really show a full picture 
the way that it's explored in the show, though, is very intentional. The way that gender is brought into the picture yeah. is very intentional. The lens is very intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's intentional, but it also was expressed through the individuals. So it wasn't a frame that I gave them. There's someone in my life that says, you know, it's not always important the answers that you get, but the questions that you ask. And it's it, that was a really helpful um, adjustment for me, especially for someone who's very results-oriented, right, that is constantly walking towards, like, how do I get the thing accomplished and be effective and, and sort of move things forward? And a lot of what this podcast did for me and some of my favorite podcasts is they offer questions, questions for how I then start navigating my own life and my own experience. Going back to the idea of you being, like, an icon for so many When we were preparing for this conversation with you, one of our producers shared that he thinks of you as the definition of the rich black auntie. (laughs) Please keep going. This this tickles me. Keep going. Yes. So we want to know, do you want that title? I don't mind it at all. I don't mind it at all. It is so funny to me. Like, I'll take that. I think it's it feels like a beautiful honoring, honestly, of my experience and how long I've been in your world and in my world. Like, it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, I love being an aunt. I am an aunt to my nieces and nephews and honestly to my godchildren, too. And I, it is a role that I love, like that I just cherish, that um, allows for like deep connection and also like a real sort of playfulness. The rich part is hilarious because it makes me think of, you know, I always do these first dip videos of me getting in the pool when I go on vacation. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then I don't know if you saw that meme where someone wrote on my drink, rich bitch juice. (laughs) Yes. That, I mean, that still kills me. I was like, that's like watered down, tequila where the ice has melted. <laughs> like, I'm like, if that's rich bitch juice, like, like, like I was like, what would rich bitch juice be? Like, <laughs> but I don't think it's like watered down, like nasty tequila that like you shouldn't be drinking anymore. <laughs> Look, that's your next company. When you crack the recipe when I crack the recipe juice. on rich bitch juice and we, maybe we call it, let's get rid of the B word. Why don't we call it rich auntie juice? <laughs> When I tell you that's going to fly off the shelves, <laughs> off the shelves. Like, I, okay, so I have a niece who's five years old. That's my girl. That's my homegirl. She's amazing. And, like, as soon as I became an auntie, I'm like, <laughs> I have ascended. <laughs> like, I That's what I mean. The There's something really, I don't know. I mean, I don't have children, right? So here's what I will say to, uh, to that. I love that people hold me in their hearts in that way. I, I think mm-hmm. it's lovely. There's something really honorable about being an auntie. The idea of the auntie also makes me think about something that I have just appreciated by the way you've tackled this idea in the press and in your interviews and things like that. You seem to be truly thrilled about continuing forward in life and about aging. And I think that's remarkable considering the industry that you work within, which is like so about the opposite of that. <laughs> How did you cultivate that in an industry and in a society that doesn't want to celebrate women getting older? Well, I personally have always loved getting older, like genuinely. I think it's an honor to get older. Not everybody gets to get older. 
and I'm not sure why we don't look at it that way. I know we're obsessed with youth. I would not go back if you paid me. Sure, my skin was tighter. Sure, my legs held muscle in a different way. But I am so much more comfortable in my skin. I intuitively know how to handle things which you, that used to baffle me. I know when it's time to leave a party. I know that no is a complete sentence. I have figured that out. And this is wonderful. And at the same time, there's a whole bunch of stuff, Brittany, that ain't happening that I really thought was going to be happening. Know what I mean? There's like a lot of, there's a lot of pieces that I'm like, ouch, and a grief that comes up around them. And I'm very mindful of not creating meaning of those things. At the same time, you know, it's like people say, well, you're the poster child for being single and happy. Well, you don't, I'm like, yeah. And I also want a relationship, but what am I going to do? Sit around and wait, wait to get chosen. Get out of here. I got a life to live. You know? I mean, I think you've just shared with us the definition of like gracefulness. I want to talk about an upcoming role that I have been so excited that you are going to take on. Yes. You are going to be playing Jody from the show Daria, iconic show, iconic character. Jody was one of the only black girls at her school, and she was a straight A student, and she was a popular girl and also an overachiever. And at one point, she very dryly and astutely (laughs) described herself as the quote unquote queen of the Negroes at her high school. I don't remember that. That's amazing. She did. At home, I'm Jody. I can see her do whatever feels right. But at school, I'm the queen of the Negroes, the perfect African-American teen, the role model for all of the other African-American teens at Lawndale. I was like, I don't know where her mind was at 16, 17, that she understood the dynamics around her. But next level. Is there any overlap between young Tracy and this character of Jody? Like, did you see... Something in Jody that reminded you of yourself when you were younger that made you want to resurrect this character? For sure. I mean, first of all, um, her overachieving, like list making, like all that, like just doing too much. And the idea of playing with a young black woman who's in that phase of her life where like everything smells like freshly cut grass. That transition out of college and high school into the workforce is such an interesting one. It was such a It was so intense, you know? Mm. I remember that phase of my life so intimately. Again, wouldn't go back if you paid me, but I get to go back through Jody. So it was the combination of all those things, but the idea of exploring that through animation really was exciting to me. To explore black women's hair through animation was so exciting. One of the most fun parts of this entire thing, and strangely, as we're watching it, as it's coming together... Jody's wardrobe is so banging. Grace and I had so much fun <laughs> making animated clothes. <laughs> like, I can't even tell you, like the mood boards and the, all that, like so much fun. And everyone keeps asking one of the things pre-interview you were saying to me, like, you know, is, is it coming out? Like, is it still happening? People are like, when's it coming? I'm like, guys, they got to draw it. They got to draw it. <laughs> This is not like you go on a set and you like act it. They have to draw. Somebody has to draw it all. Mm, Well, we are absolutely ready. I know I'm ready. All you got to do is say the word and I'm ready to plus play. So I got one last question for you. You know, you have made so many people laugh. You have made audiences on top of audiences laugh now for decades. And you're so good at comedy 
I mean, we're on the dark timeline, as one of our producers likes to say. We are living in some dark times. Where do you see the role of laughter? I think laughter is the best medicine. It's a connector. It is, um, I think, what God sounds like. Mm. Now that's an answer right there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today. You have made me laugh plenty today. It has been such a joy to talk to you after enjoying your work for so many years. Thank you. And your questions were so wonderful. And also you were so generous in your compliments. Thanks again to my guest, actor, producer, and director, Tracy Ellis Ross. Her new podcast, I Am America, is out now. This episode of It's Been a Minute was produced by Liam McBain. Corey Antonio Rose. This episode was edited by Jessica Mendoza. Jessica Placek. Our intern is Jamal Michelle. Engineering support came from Joby Tanseco. Our executive producer is Verilyn Williams. Our VP of programming is Yolanda Sanguini. Our senior VP of programming is Anya Grundman. All right. That's all for this episode of It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce. Talk soon. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Lisa. When you buy a Lisa mattress, you're not the only one getting a better night's rest. Lisa donates thousands of mattresses each year to shelters and those in need. Learn more about Lisa at leesa.com. This message comes from Wondery with the new podcast, Black History for Real, weaving Black History's most overlooked figures back into their rightful place in culture and the world at large. Listen to Black History for Real on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts.